0: Hi, my name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast, and I hope you love it and share it with others. This podcast is all about evangelism and mission, sharing Jesus in natural ways, in ways that we can all do. I interview people right across Australia and also overseas to hear what's working and how that ultimately applies to our lives, no matter who we are. Some weeks I jump on and do a little teaching myself. I hope it's helpful for you. Don't forget to check out our other free resources on our website. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum from Evangelism in Australia. Today on the show, something very different. Someone interviewed me. Recently, I was interviewed by Indigenous. They're a global movement that are training people to share their faith locally and through the digital space. I hope you enjoy this episode today. It's called Unveiling Evangelism in Australia, a conversation with Tina Waldron.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Indigenous Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited that today we have Dr. Tina Waldrum, Director of Evangelism in Australia with us. Uh, Tina, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Great pleasure to be here, Jeremy. Love to talk to anyone with an American accent.
1: (laughs) I feel the same way about your accent. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I hear I heard a real cool story that you actually encountered Jesus in my country while you were in California.
0: Hundred percent right. So I'm not raised in a Christian family. Um, in fact, I would say that my parents took us to church up until I was about ten, probably once a year, you know, Christmas time. Um, and then in around 1992, I went traveling overseas. I never thought Jesus was real. I've got to tell you that, Jeremy. I just thought it was a hmm. You know, it really was not real. It was a load of rubbish. Um, but I went travelling, and I guess in hindsight, that travelling was a, a trying to work out, find that something that was missing. Uh, I met somebody in the Greek Islands who was from California, and eventually I went and uh, visited them in California via I was in the Greek Islands, Europe, and eventually there. And the way he lived his life, and how he spoke about Jesus certainly got my attention. And, yeah, I came to know Jesus in California, so I'm really a missionary to Australia. It was a remarkable um, collision with Jesus is what I would call it. So, yeah, and I've been following the Lord ever since, felt like he called me to do what I'm doing today.
1: Yeah, and the friends, that's that spoke about Jesus and lived a different life that really uh, clued you into this. Uh, that friend wasn't a professional uh, missionary, right?
0: Oh, 100% not, no, just actually a business person. He, he mm. had his own business, and but um, it, it was just so startling how he lived. I just had never met anybody so kind, so everything, to contrary to the life that I was living at, at the time. I was living more of the partying my way around the Greek islands without giving too much detail to that as a young Aussie female. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just so, it was so arresting. It got my attention. That's for sure.
1: And then somewhere after that encounter, uh, I heard you, you started working for a church and I think you worked for two different churches for 20 something years. Um, And then that led into kind of what you're doing now. Uh, Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. So after I met Jesus in California, I, I stayed there. I was in the United States for six months. And then I came home, and before that I was a teacher, so I taught kids from about the age, we call it primary school here, age of about 5 to 11, and I was a phys ed teacher, in fact. I was That's what I was doing with my life in my fitter days. And I just knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to tell my country about Jesus. That was the overriding thing, Jeremy, in my heart was when I met Jesus, I was so shocked in California that he was real, (laughs) and it was such a good experience. He was so good to me that I was like, I just want the whole of Australia to know this Jesus, not a religious Mm. version of him, not what I thought this was. Um, Yeah, so I started working out what should I do next, and I felt God was telling me to go to Bible college. So I did that. I did lots of um, study, and I worked, found a local church and worked there. Uh, They employed me, and then I moved to another church that employed me. So I think I did about 27 years working for local churches. That was two churches um, primarily in that field of how can I help people in this church share their faith.
1: Yeah. Before we get into what you're currently doing in your ministry, I'd like to take a step back. Um, a lot of our audience maybe doesn't know a whole lot about Australia and what the missional situation is like there. Um, we believe that every culture responds to the gospel differently and what works with one culture won't work with another culture. Uh, so can you give us a little details on that? Just what's what's the Christian situation like in uh, Australia and what are ways that maybe do and don't work if you want to talk about Jesus?
0: Yeah, okay. So that's a great question. And having lived in the United States uh, has really helped me to understand how distinct the Australian culture is. At heart, I've got to say I'm an American because I love to actually encourage people. I like (laughs) to tell people, hey, you can be the next prime minister of our nation. You can be the best basketballer. Yeah, that's very American to cheer people on and mm. encourage them. In Australia, our culture is quite the opposite. We're very much, we call it the tall poppy syndrome. So when someone is good at something, uh, we we tear them down. We actually mm. want to level them down to, you know, the everybody uh, level. So the culture is very much like that, which means you don't want to speak to Aussies and come across like you are better than they mm. are. So, you know, it's how are you, mate. It's that mateship culture that is really strong in Australia and mm-hmm. you you really have got to understand that and just, you know, be a mate to everyone, talk to them on their level because as soon as you have that superiority or that um, overconfidence, uh, which I actually see it as really positive. I, I wish Jesus had me living in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got to be aware of that for sure. So, yeah, really, really down to earth, really grassroots, really I'm your mate. We're on the same level, whether you're, you know, really poor, whether you're very wealthy, whoever you are.
1: After being with those churches and training people and missions there, you decide to kind of go off on your own. And you started this evangelism in Australia, which has training courses and your podcasts and some other things. So why did you decide to start this new thing?
0: Yes, fantastic question. Yeah, so after, I guess, 27 years of working with churches, I felt God asked me to really step out of the boat, which was leaving a lot of security behind, to be honest. You know, I was employed by churches. I had regular uh, finance coming in all of those things which are helpful not <laughs> not everything but yeah. they are helpful and I went into a transition phase Jeremy where I actually uh, worked for the Billy Graham Association they were running a major event in Australia so they actually contacted me and asked mm-hmm. would I just come and work for a few months on one of their campaigns which I loved uh, then I worked with Alpha um, Australia which you may have heard of Alpha um, in your country or around the world yes. And I also worked with Olive Tree Media here in Australia. And in those transition phases, I knew it was all a transition to the next major season of my ministry life, so to speak. And so after just, you know, consulting with some of those people and asking some questions, it became clear to me, okay, you need to start something that doesn't exist Um specifically in our country that would be helpful, that would add to the story of evangelism in Australia. In Australia. There's brilliant things um, going on as there are in many nations. So we started this off and, um, yeah, been going for, I know must be coming up to four years, Jeremy, three or four years now. So uh, having a great time doing what I love to do 100% of my time.
1: Um, and one of the things you do through that is the training courses. Um and are you the one actually training? Are you the professor of those courses?
0: Yes, yeah. So we um, we filmed a fantastic course that's more about personal evangelism. It's called On Mission with God um, mm-hmm. on our we- or on our website or onmissionwithgod.com. dot And what it seeks to do, Jeremy, is it takes we lay a basis of personal evangelism, which I never knew as a young Christian. I would just kind of would get out there and start sharing and I would push doors open and I would knock walls down and all of those <laughs> things, whereas once I started to study and understand, I'm like, oh, there's a whole different basis for personal evangelism, personal mission, personal witness, I think may be the terminology that's used in the U.S., um, there's actually a different biblical basis. So we built a course um, around that and then the tools of how people can easily share their faith. People were saying it's difficult mm-hmm. and I thought, why is it difficult? Um, yeah. Maybe we just need to re-we need to put some new teaching blocks in there so that people can feel relaxed. So they can feel like I can do this. So we build a course around that and it's, um, it's been wonderfully used, um, in our country. Yeah. And, you know, across the world, but it is, I think it just helps people to to be on mission with God in easy mm-hmm. and natural ways.
1: I like the word easy. That's, um, that's something there, are, of course, a number of reasons that Christians don't share their faith. Um, but one of them that is often cited is that people think they don't know enough or it's going to be awkward and they don't want to be awkward around their friends and be like the weird Christian who's talking weird all of a sudden. Um, so something that can make it natural and easy, those two words that you said, that's huge. If it can be something that's just like a normal thing, like a normal conversation that we would have about anything else.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, and it can be like that because that has always been my experience, um, since I met Jesus and then just leaning in and learning a little bit more. 100%. So, so easy. And, it, and I think it should be that way for every Christian, Jeremy. But I think that you have to have the right mindset. Or could I be as bold to say as I think that we have some mindsets that are incorrect. Um, And Mm. so our goal at evangelism in Australia has been to try and correct some incorrect mindsets as we perceive them. And certainly those people that have discovered those new mindsets and implemented have told us that, okay, this is really different to what I've ever been taught and this is really helpful. So, yeah, I think if God thinks that every person can make disciples, then it's got to be doable for everybody. (laughs)
1: I'm interested by what you just said. I don't want to give away stuff that people should find by learn by taking your course, but I'm interested in what you said about these incorrect mindsets. Um, Can you give maybe an example of something where just the mindset is the problem?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think one of the things, one of the things that people have told us that they think of what evangelism is when we use the word evangelism or personal witness, they think that what that means is I need to make sure that I sit down and talk about four spiritual laws, or I've yeah. got to somehow talk about in this conversation, it's not valid if I'm not saying something about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of them. And there is some truth in that, Jeremy. I'm not saying that we, we're not going to have those conversations, but to say that personal witness or personal evangelism, that's it, that's my goal. Well, that's mm-hmm. 100% incorrect. And I I just can't see a case for that. I can't see, that's not the full story is what I'm trying to say.
1: For sure. There's a lot of different ways. And, and it's about a relationship with the person. And if you're just sitting down with maybe a pre-programmed thing that you're planning to talk about that's really not going to have the impact of actually knowing and loving another person and talking to them as though you do.
0: hundred percent. I think that Christianity is a personal relationship with Christ. Um, the Lord has always spoken to me very personally, very conversationally. And I think that we have to take that approach. I think we have to we have to be on a journey with people if we're going to make disciples in Jesus name, you know? So, yeah. So I think that there are easy and natural ways to do that for sure. Yeah.
1: It definitely sounds like you're onto something. Um, Have you heard from people who've taken the course about how it has impacted them, maybe a success story or something like that?
0: But I heard a person that took our course said he was talking to someone on the beach, Um, here in Australia, we have great beaches, by the way, Jeremy, and he (laughs) said he would never have approached this person on the beach had he not discovered some simple keys that he knew that God was even directing him to have a conversation with that person. Now, he said, I found it so easy, so freeing, it actually ended up that that person came to church that weekend in that town where he was at which was amazing because that's not the goal, right? The goal is not to get someone into church. The goal is to see someone come into the kingdom. But that Mm. was uh, the story. So, yeah, there's lots of really great stories like that.
1: Thanks for sharing that. And I have heard that your beaches are great, but they're also full of great white sharks, aren't they? (laughs) Our uh, our sharks in Florida are small, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. We do have sharks, but when you grow up around it, um, you're kind of more comfortable with that. However, (laughs) can I just say, I've been told that you've got alligators walking around almost in your backyards there.
1: Absolutely, yes. If you have a pond nearby or even a swimming pool, there could just be one there at any moment.
0: (laughs) I'm happy to stay here then.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, So, in addition to the training that you have, just when I was looking on your website, I see that you offer uh, coaching and consulting as well. Uh, Can you tell us about those?
0: Yeah, look, we we do lots of that as well, and just helping churches and individuals. I'm doing a a group this week that. They just, there's 40 of them that are evangelists that work on the street and they just want to have some coaching of, you know, how can we be more effective of what we're doing. So we do that in person or online with groups or individuals and um, just helping churches navigate, you know, what's next my goal and what I try and do, Jeremy, is be around the conversation of evangelism in in my own country, understanding mm-hmm. what's going on, where the culture's shifting, and hopefully all of that kind of cuts out some of the work for individuals or groups or, or ministers, you know, when we have conversations and try and help them.
1: Yeah, when you think about that culture shifting, um, that's something that I think everyone's dealing with. And as we're in the digital age now, um, sped up by COVID, uh, with it changing so many different things. Have you noticed any major changes in the culture that really impact the way missions should be done?
0: Um, yeah, well, let's just talk about online. So there's a huge shift. I mean, I'm a bit of an optimist, so I'm I was really thankful for COVID in the way that it um, it brought a large majority of the world into the digital age where they could actually use some digital. So I'm not saying I'm I'm not thankful for COVID. The, the tragedies and everything that came out of that were horrific. But the technology alone um, is fantastic and we are able to train so many more people just for the fact that they understand the technology and we can use technologies to train people and to reach people. So I think that if you want to be involved in personal witness, I think you should consider how can that look online and not to negate that, but to to push into that here for sure.
1: I think you started it shortly before COVID hit uh, is when you started your podcast, is that right?
0: Yeah, yes, right? Had no idea that COVID was going to hit. In fact, I didn't even know how to be a podcaster, Jeremy. So I have, I've been a speaker, a public speaker preacher for a long time. So it's another form of communication to learn. But yeah, we felt like that was the step to take. Um, I think I did only one interview, which was with a person face-to-face, not online, and then COVID hit. So you had to ask the question, okay, well, God has still called us to do this. He hasn't changed his mind and he's not unaware that this was going to happen. Um, So that's when we started going down the journey. All right, how do we interview people if we can't do that face-to-face? And we just kept going with the podcast and it's just weekly we've been doing this weekly for a long time now I think it it must be over three years two and a half three years now Um, and it's been a great blessing for people because people can hear different people every week and they can keep fueled and excited about outreach mission evangelism um, and just listen in and yeah it's been a great journey wonderful way to equip and encourage people that's for sure
1: what's your I guess, what's your main strategy for the podcast? Like who's the audience you're trying to reach? And what, if God gives you like everything that you're imagining for the podcast, what would be the result of it?
0: Yeah, so our goal is with the podcast really drives from what we feel we're called to do as an organization. And that is to equip every believer to share their faith. So no matter who we interview, and I've been so blessed to interview some extraordinary um, people. I think because of, you know, 30 years of ministry, you get to know a lot of people, um, both here in Australia and overseas. But ultimately, with those conversations I have with those people, I'm going to drive it down to the bottom line, which is the bottom line for me. What does this mean for me to be more effective, to be able to share my faith? So we're always going to go to that space. So the conversations are absolutely intriguing. We just dropped an episode recently of a, a guy that was a paramedic and now he's pastoring a C3 church in Tasmania, mm. one of the states of Australia. It was just incredible, but I was able to ask him about the skills that he learnt as a paramedic and how does that even inform what we do as personal witnesses for Christ was just amazing, right? The story was amazing, but the learning was incredible. So that's what we're trying to do, extract learnings from people so that you and I, um, all of us, whether we're pastors, not pastors, wherever we are, followers of Jesus can be better at sharing our faith. So I love it. I'm 100% in. I love it.
1: Um, And I've listened to a couple episodes so far, and I've loved uh, both of them. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who's listening to this. Go check out Tina's podcast. It's great. Um, So I'm really thrilled that you joined us, and you've shared a lot of really interesting and helpful things. One of the things we like to do is issue a challenge. So anyone that's made it this far, you've listened to us for over 20 minutes. So you have to be at least somewhat interested um, so, Tina, is there a challenge you'd like to offer? Uh, anyone who's listening?
0: Yeah, so that is a great question, and this is the thing that I personally challenge myself with, and that is that to get up each day and try and join God, who is already on mission? He's already trying to reach mm-hmm. people. Every day, I say to myself, Tina, By the grace of God, Lord, help me to be on mission with you today. Open my eyes, open my ears. But, Jeremy, I think the most powerful thing of that is that to also commit myself at the end of the day to a time of reflection might just be a Mm. couple of minutes. So commit to being on mission with God who is on mission, but to also reflect, because I think that's where the powerful learning is for each one of us as followers of Jesus to just reflect on that and ask the Holy Spirit, oh, you know, what can I learn from that? You know, what can I learn from this engagement with someone that didn't know Jesus or my lack of engagement that day? What can I learn from it? Because I think the Holy Spirit is an incredible teacher. He's a great teacher. And if i can learn something at the end of each day or the end of each week if that's if the each day is too much of a challenge for you at the end of each week and then bring those learnings in the next week i think that he can make us fishes of men and women amen
1: absolutely i love that join god on mission and take time to reflect on what you're learning um Tina, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's been a pleasure and I feel like I've learned a lot and it's been great just hearing your wisdom in your great accent and it's been a privilege.
0: Thank you so much. It's been great to be on the show. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Hey, don't forget to check out our free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. Hope it's a blessing to you. See you next week.